This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Gentlemen, good morning, listeners. Good morning. And we are spread all over the place. Glenn is bunkered up in Bossier City, and I think that that Dwayne is surrounded by pizza. Is that without what I'm understanding? Yeah, pizza, pizza everywhere, and all the New Jersey fans did eat. Now, do they have deep pan pizza there, or they got like we got it here, the skinny stuff? I, I think they've got mostly the New York style, but they would yeah. think that that's a cuss word. What's yeah, it? they don't call it that. They call it, they don't like that. So what is it's the, pizza? They made it first, James. What does New York style mean? It's a thinner, thinner, chewy, hand tossed. Okay, because Chicago's got the deep pan stuff. Yeah, yeah, upside down. Yeah. Well, that's some good stuff. I don't know if you've ever had that deep pan pizza in Chicago. I've had it. Yeah, it's good. It's, 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 it's crazy good. Apparently, so, it's not good enough to keep the immigrants there during the winter on the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd think it would be by now. Yeah. <laughs> They're saying, to heck with this, I'm going back to Venezuela. You know, I want to say about five years ago, four years ago, when Babylon B did something about that, that they <laughs> There's so many shootings in Chicago that they that the immigrants would leave. I need to check on that, but I think another Babylon Bee. They do have that headline. I bet they do. <laughs> you want to see what's going to happen, you read the Babylon Bee. Come on. Yeah, when you think there's no way that could happen, it does. It is crazy. Absolutely. The crystal ball. Yeah, so so what, what Dwayne's talking about is, is there's some Venezuelans who – we're apparently caught the uh, the Texas Express from the, from the Texas border to Chicago, and they were up there for the early fall, and that was fine and dandy. But now, with the crime and the cold and the and the yeah, they're going like, man, I think I'd rather go to Venezuela and deal with the communists there than deal with the communists in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so, not much difference, anyway. you know. Yeah. Someone tried to give them a helicopter ride back, and they wouldn't take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James, anyway. James, James. Well, you know, I got to, I got to say this. I wanted to start, start it with this. Uh, we had a very sad day here in Ruston. Um, most of the time, this is we're reading about these things somewhere else, but on the Louisiana Tech campus, um, there was a stabbing yesterday. Um, you know, it's one of those things where. It's going to be hard to figure it out um, what exactly happened until you talk to somebody who actually saw it because the rumors in a little town like this. I'm sure it's anywhere, but the rumors in town get going all over the place. But one of the things that um, makes this one, you know, different for me is that I definitely knew very well one of the victims, Judge Cindy Woodard. Um, She was uh, one of the victims. Um, My understanding is that she caught a ride with a tech student named, I think his name, uh, Colin is his first name. He, um, he was able to 
keep it together and got the they 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 ran up to his car bleeding and they jumped in his car. He had never even been to the hospital here in Ruston and got them to the hospital. And they, I think one or both were airlifted to Shreveport ultimately. But uh, long and short of it is, is that, that it sounds like to me just putting, you know, to the rumors in the news, the newspaper articles were worse than rumors yesterday. Yeah. They, yeah. one of the stations, I think KNOE had a, had a death. But um, supposedly right now they're all either in critical or st- but stable conditions, what I'm understanding, but that could be rumored too. But um, the long and short of it is is that, that the kid was an engineering student at Tech, uh, maybe even a senior. Um, there has been um, – apparently some of his friends have expressed some concern about his withdrawing after his parents died from what, from what one of my interns had heard. Um, the only reason I'm using this rumor is because it's the only thing that makes sense. The kid, the kid didn't apparently have any political motive or anything like that. And you so you try to figure out what would cause someone to do that, but nothing, even then, why would you do that? Um, it was with the knife. There was rumors that it was with a screwdriver. It was apparently, you know, the police, one of the police officers has verified that it was a knife, but we don't know the condition of Judge Woodard. Um, I'm hearing all kinds of things. and The rumors are not matching. So I can't, there's nothing I could really report on that other than to say be in prayer for all four of those women who were stabbed yesterday. One of, the, one of them was the instructor, but it had, there was no, you know, she's a, a grad student, but there was no tie between her and the, and the assailant. That's all rumors that were out there and gone. It it really, truly sounds like somebody who had given up in life and he decided to do something stupid. That's what it sounds like to me. Now, I don't understand. I never have understood doing something stupid when your life is going wrong. Let's make it worse. But, you know, I don't even know for sure they lost his parents. But that's the story. Mm -hmm. That's the story that's going around the students. That's where that's why I've kind of trusted as the students are hearing. Well, you know, he had lost both of his parents recently, and he kind of became a recluse after that. And so I don't know. You know, I can't I can't explain it, but prayer should be out for all of them. Uh, they're all all alive and pray for their families. And I think even that kid that had his, you know, his car is apparently just drenched in blood kid that helped the to get to the hospital. Um, so anyways, it just shows you that even at Louisiana Tech, safe as it seems. There are the dangers out there. My wife, fortunately, who was on the campus, was about as far as you could be from it. You know, you couldn't get much further away from the, the, the you know, the, the stabbing. But he didn't get very far. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, they caught him right away, I mean, according to reports. Yeah. Now, the story is that, that and I don't know if this is true, but I want I want it to be true. The story is that Judge Woodard kicked his ass. There was somebody who fought back. There, I've, I've seen that. I don't know who it was, but fought extensively, very hard, and thwarted the attack being even worse. Yeah. yeah, and apparently those weren't self-inflicted wounds. They were they were victim-inflicted wounds. Um, but I I hope that's true. I hope that she that she did that. That would make it not better. It would make it you know. Anytime that you do something that's heroic, it's got to help a little bit pain and things you're going through. But the, the, I am getting conflicting reports on her condition. I want you to know that. 
I don't, I don't know. And, 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 and inside the legal community, you'd think we would know, but they're not out there talking about it. But I, you know, I've seen everything from she's intubated to she's stable and fine. And I don't, I don't really know. Anyway, press, yeah. press for all okay, of them. I saw this, somebody's in critical condition. Everybody else is stable. Yeah. The one that's in critical condition, I'm pretty sure, is the grad student. Uh, she, was, really? she was in really bad shape. And so they didn't even call her to Lincoln General. The, <clears throat> she was taken um, straight to the, um, so, the, uh, the, the practice field, which is <clears throat> yeah. right across the street. And they airlifted her out. And my understanding, she's the one. And I want to say that 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 she was stabbed. They said in the head. The she reason was. I and well, the reason that I don't get it is this: the 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 thing that I'm hearing is that she was not the one stabbed in the throat. But then they say she'll never talk again. Well, that sounds like the person should have been stabbed in the throat. So I just think that the rumors are out there. And I didn't mind getting them. I, most people said that's what I'm hearing. And if I hear that, I'm okay. It kind of helps you put the puzzle together. But the long and short of it is from what I can tell now is that the, the grad student was flown straight to Shreveport, that two of the ladies got into a car with a student named Colin. And he, one of them sat in the front seat while she was bleeding all over the place, telling him how to get to the hospital because he had not been there. And then the uh, there was one that went to the aid of them and he sliced at her and it was superficial and she didn't even seek treatment. That's yeah, that's the story I've heard. But uh, it's you know, the funny thing is, is the strange thing is that it's not really making news anywhere. You know, is it because college stabbings are getting becoming that popular? Is it because there's no politic side to it? Which is my real well, case. Well, we have the fog of war right now. Uh, we have the fact that and so far no one's died. We have the fact that it was an African-American male student. In a gun-free zone. Well, yeah. They also probably, there's some real interesting new laws out on knives, by the way. They've kind of gone unnoticed. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, they're, um, uh, you know, having a knife. Uh, you know, it's it's the same old thing. It's like in China, yeah, they have almost no one has a, a gun who's a private citizen. Uh, in fact, unless you're part of the Communist Party and they are the elite, and then you probably wouldn't have one. You'd have an arbitrage with them. But uh, they have mass stabbings at grade schools all the time. Not all the time, but quite often. It's never reported. So you just change tactics if you're crazy. So in China, they have 3.2 cleavers per household. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in England, you can't have a pointed knife. It has to have a certain amount of uh, roundness to the point. Yeah, I've been meaning Bible. I've been meaning to go back and watch Leave It to Beaver to see if June Cleaver is, is sexy to me now. <laughs> oh, good, James. That's not a movie reference. You should have brought it up. Television reference. You're going downhill. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, there's a lot to talk about still. I mean, uh, and, and again, I'm just being pro for those ladies. Um, um, the next thing. 
you, was, you guys pick a topic. We have several things. That well, there was a West Monroe stabbing that might have pushed a little bit of that out of the local regional news, too. I think in West Monroe, a 66-year-old man got ticked off somebody over news, uh, toilet paper or something. He stabbed somebody. Okay. You know, was, was this back? Was this retroactive to 2020, or is this something new? No, this is something that I saw this morning on the headlines. Wow. Wow. 66, that sounds old, but that's two years older than I. One year older than me. <laughs> oh, that's not what I have to look forward to. <laughs> Over toilet paper, man. You know, that I will tell you this, that it was the, and the 66-year-old man did the stabbing? I think so. I think that was the, the alleged assailant. Do you know his name? No. Do we know anything about him? No, I don't think we know much yet. It was just a. Uh, All right, was it somebody in the household? This is coming across like the KNOE thread. I haven't looked at the actual headline. Yeah, because uh, you know that's one of those things where that's why I said no. I don't want to live forever because if you live forever, eventually you probably gonna lose your temper and kill somebody, and then you're stuck forever in jail. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been looking at these folks in jail. I don't want to be in jail. No. Now, 66 years old, now, was um, did the person die, or is it just stabbed? It, it just said stabbing. It didn't say anybody was killed. Okay, so he's going to get some time. That's assault with a deadly, deadly weapon. Attempted murder, if they want it to be. Over Like they say in South Louisiana, more deadly. Hmm. Yeah, most just, definitely. It, he may, it, it depends on the circumstances, but he could literally spend basically the rest of his life useful life in jail um mm -hmm. tempers are something that i had to deal with because i realized mm, you you know i've never was mad enough to kill somebody but i get i get back in my older day younger days i would get uh, you know mad and um yeah i finally did a movie reference um so but anyway i you know that that temper thing i know it was a joke you were laughing about the toilet paper but tempers are mm, they can get you well, you know what they say about an armed society, right? Polite an armed society. society is a polite society. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know, going back to the days of, of duels, that was all about manners. You know? Yeah. So, so I hear we're going to talk about Big Mike's Johnson. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so so you know i am interested in this um i'm not i i did see the i guess i looked at the news at some point don't remember but um newsweek uh, revolver um they linked the newsweek article and i don't know why revolver does that because newsweek is a liberal rag but i guess they're trying to be you know fair and balanced but newsweek is making this big fuss about you know, Mike Johnson is facing the same problem McCarthy did. And I, I, I don't see that he has to. McCarthy felt like he had to get a deal. And mm -hmm. I don't think we have to have a deal. We don't need a deal. We used Yeah, to there's some people trying to make that parallel. But Mike Johnson this morning gave an extensive interview and he pretty much poo-pooed that whole parallelism. He said this isn't even remotely similar. All right. Meaning what? How is it different? Well, I he, he's going to do a two-step process. So he's going to work on 
continuing resolutions, and that's where everybody says, oh, my gosh, oh, no, here we go again. It's like, no, 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 hear me out. It's going to take to properly review this stuff and pass it in the separate individual spending packages all the way up through February. That's just how long it's going to take to do it, do it right. So we only need continuing resolutions while we do our due diligence to get this done in January, February. He said, what I am not going to do is pass um, a big old omnibus package Christmas Eve that's five times the size of the Bible. Okay. So he, and then they were like, well, what makes us think that this we're not going to do this crap every year with the pending doom of the government shutdown? He says, well, number one, we can't shut down the government because we know Republicans always take the blame for it. Number two, the continuing resolution isn't just so we can get an omnibus package. We're going to do the proper 1974 spending rules, spending laws. And number three, this won't happen again next year. I will have a full calendar year to do the proper budgeting and spending packages by the time we hit um, next fall. So he's he's making that commitment. We shall see. I I, I knew this that, that that Newsweek would have it wrong. I I, I really don't think that they, they it, it was the same. It, it, you could have taken that article out of any from any time that we've had this budget doom. They always it's always doom. Um, it, it's always the same argument. You know the why do we take it though? Why do you know why we, why the Republicans always get blamed? Because they always cave. Had, yeah. had they ever just said, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not, you know, and I would just say this budget they have has this in it. Do you really want us to pass that just so you can go to a park? Yep. They always lose the chicken fight. Yep. You yeah. He needs to stand tight. So I will say this, that if he can get Gates and the other ones who who did the right thing and voted against McCarthy, if they could get them on board to say, okay, we will push it past Christmas, and we will, and then we will have time to get it done. And but we're not doing a bigger, we're doing a, a stopgap. And if they don't sign something that stopgap, then that's on them. That's what my point is. Make it simple, very simple for them to understand. This is what they voted against. Well, yeah, if you did individual spending bills like they should be instead of these omnibus bills, they're designed or pork and to be passed. Um, and we're going to have massive corruption in them no matter what, you know, because of the way they're designed. Yeah. And, and, and they, go ahead. And they don't know what's in them because they're right. so massive. Right. Right. I mean, this is the art of the deal thing. He, he needs to, he needs to, he, he, I would not compromise with those people right now. Those communists, they're not going to, they're not, they're only going to use it against you too. And it's, it's that read my lips thing for George W. I mean, George H. Read my lips. No new taxes. And what does he do? He raises taxes. taxes. And, 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 and he, uh, we had to do it. Well, no, you made a promise and you, you, you're going to get thrown out now. It's that simple. You know, and so, so I think that, that all of us, especially me, were said, that I'm going to give this guy a chance. He seems to be the genuine conservative. He seems to be putting his money where his mouth is. He 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 contested the election. He, you know, he, he all those things. He, he so if he will go in. Now, so if I'm understanding what you're saying, Dwayne is he is going to do stopgap, but it's going to be limited stopgap. It's just going to be to keep the the primary things in Russia. Russia. Ah, 
it, Boy, is that yes, a, uh... and, and as soon as the pressure is released with the stopgap, they're not letting up. He's not going to be like, okay, everybody go home and enjoy a long Christmas break. I got gotcha. you. Got to have to work. I, I hope that's true. Okay. Well, you know, the next one is I want to talk about the University of Wyoming Sortiti. Um, they, they have a, a women's, you know, the men are fraternities and the guys have sortities. Um, they, um, they, they want to allow in Wyoming. What? I'm sorry. Just your Russians. Anyway. <laughs> Thank God we've got an E on this podcast. Did I say something wrong? (laughs) 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 Anyway, they have fraternities and sorties, don't they? (laughs) Sorority. Sorority. Sorority? I think there's only one T in it. Oh, sorority. I thought that said sorority. Okay. Sorority. I'll never see the word the same again. Oh God! I'm gonna say it that way forever now. Oh. Okay, sorority, sorority, sorority. Okay, so in Wyoming now, you all right, this is the Dwayne found this article. He found some, he's up in Liberal, New Jersey. So tell him what he's gonna find. But it's really fun. <laughs> it's really fun. So Kappa Kappa Gamma is a sorority for women, and it's uh, been it's been associated over 50 years with the. Many universities, University of Wyoming especially, and there's a couple of alumni that's been advocating for restricting, continuing to restrict membership to biological women only. And they have been removed from the organization because they're advocating for that restriction. All right. So this is limited to the University of Wyoming or is this nationwide? I think this is the Kappa Kappa Gamma organization nationwide. All right, and so it, so Wyoming's fighting. So Wyoming's fighting back, and they're getting in trouble. I, I don't know that the University of Wyoming administration themselves. No, are no, I meant the alumni. To, I, I to meant get that. involved. I meant the charter that's at Wyoming. They're, right. They're yes. Working. Okay. So so they're trying to keep it that way, and the, and the national one is saying. No, you got to let in not just sore titties. You got to let in. in well, they're they're going beyond that. They're saying uh, your free speech is being limited. We're kicking you out of the organization. Bye. Yep. <laughs> That's just all I would have to say. Bye. You know, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I would say get out. You know, I, Wyoming is Wyoming. I I, I didn't think I, I, when you told me that I thought Wyoming. Alumni, but you're saying it was nationwide. So, so it'd be like here. Yeah, there was a case. There was a case up there that it, um, a judge. Let's see. Here it is. The decision to remove the members came after Kappa Kappa Gamma in August applauded a federal judge in Wyoming for dismissing a case against a group over the right of a sorority to choose its members. The judge's dismissal was predicated on the plaintiff's failure sustain any plausible claim and for slinging allegations that were deemed unbefitting of a federal court. So there's there's a little bit of a battle going on up in Wyoming. All right, so a judge said they don't have to let in penises. I think so. They're grappling with what is a woman. So sorority is spelled S-O-R-O, soro, soros, soros, really. Soros, sorority, sorority. I've been saying that wrong for a long time. Two O's, two R's. Yeah. With so, with an itty at the end. 
Okay. Well, you can see why. Yes, no. you can see why I missed it. Yeah, just the itty, no titty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you missed it. I get you. <laughs> so that's a good one. Um, I um, let me make sure I got it though. So a judge sided with Wyoming, the Wyoming charter, and then the national charter said, we're kicking you out anyway. Yeah. Wow. Retaliation. All right. Well, I will say this. Let me just say it from a libertarian perspective. They, the national, the national organization does have the right to do that. And so now, now, so, so they had, I think that, that it's true that the judge got it right, that the sorority, listen to me. I've already been can say it now. The sorority uh, they had the right to say we only want real women, and then, and then the national um, organization goes, "Well, sorry, you can't be part of you can't you can't be one of us. You can't sit with us." That's all. That's well, all. It, it gets even deeper than that. The, the sorority members, the active members, were alleging in the suit that uh, the dude that had been let in as a trans woman had been voyeurist voyeuristically peeping on them while they were in intimate situations and at least one time had a visible erection while doing so. What is an intimate situation? Probably showering and stuff. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, that is every nerd's dream is to be able to get into a sorority house and see sorority (laughs) house and see them, you know, say you've seen Revenge of the Nerds. Um, So, wow. Wow. Yeah. No, no. It's it's so wrong and it's so stupid. It's it's so you know um, postmodern. I'm sorry. We have the right to say get out. And and I know that that um, there's like Lafayette. They had a they had a, some type of club, a tower club or something like that on top of gentlemen's club or something like that. And they got sued. Petroleum. There it is. It was Petroleum Club. And and they had to let women in. I, you know I I. Well, their their bylaws say that only women can be members, and it is going up to the Tenth Circuit for an appeal, what I understand. So the big question for the Tenth Circuit will be, what is a woman? It keeps it. It seems like that question keeps bubbling up. Hmm. Yeah. It's going to be fun when it gets up to the Supreme Court to yeah, our most recent. Uh, you know, I wrote a song on this, Dwayne, don't you? Dude looks like a lady. No, girl. Funky Cole Medina. I'll be a woman soon. <laughs> soon. You'll be a man. <laughs> okay. That one will move on. So now endometriosis, that is something only women get that real women get? Yeah, that's um that. That involves women's body parts, biological women's body parts. I don't believe you can transplant that in any way, shape, or form. And that's when um, some of the uterine um, wall lining cells are found naturally outside of the, the uterine area. And it's supposedly extremely painful and debilitating. So it's a condition that only women could experience. Oh. And there's a charity out there that um, oh. is involved with that. And they have now put a trans woman, which is a man in disguise, as their CEO. And people in the charity are just up in arms over this. It's, it sounds 
horrible. So, so tissue that usually lines the inside of your uterus, your uterus, by the way, not mine, um, it grows, it's supposed to be on the inside, it grows on the outside of it, and they say it is painful, right? So, so these people who've experienced this pain are now having the pain of having a man say, I get you. Yep. <laughs> run, the or- run the organization. It's Steph Richards, a transgender woman who uses she, her pronouns and was named the new CEO of the charity. Wow. 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 And that's all I can say is wow. And of course, they're up in arms over it, I assume. Yep. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. That is absolutely. <laughs> we, we live in a nutty world. So, so what was? I guess nothing can be done, though, right? They're just going to say you got to deal with it. Yeah, since it's a charity group, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm sure just the support for it will implode. I mean, if you if you want to destroy something, just start throwing poisonous bombs at it like that. I guess. Um, you know, the there there's one. I guess that's one real simple way to solve these problems. Like um, in the news, along the same topic. Um, there was a female pool final match in Wales, England. It ended prematurely after one player was forfeited because she drew in the competition to compete against a transgender women, woman and forfeited. And a whole bunch of people applaud, applauded. And I, I've been saying that, that for a, a while now here in the U.S. In, in high school and in college. when Are we talking about the game? Were, Are we talking about the game pool? P-O-O-L? Um, no, this was, a, um, I think it was a wrestling match. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because, I mean, I would think women should be able to compete straight up with men in, in pool, like on table pool. I think they do. It may have been pool. Let me see here. English Pool Association. You're right. It is. It is a, um, a tabletop pool game. Are women unable to compete with men in that sport? I don't know. Uh, maybe there is some male advantage. I think in eight ball, it's separated, but in snooker, it's just kind of like pool. It isn't. I don't know. Well, you would think snooker. Snooker isn't about um, um, strength, but I would think eight ball does strength come into play. I mean, you know, I've always wondered about that. You know, some sports like that. Do you call darts a sport? I would think men would have no advantage over women in darts now you see something like like um you know shooting guns i can see that because because i'm sure that part of competition is endurance and strength in in shooting so i I would see that but in pool maybe there is maybe there's an endurance thing i don't know i wouldn't you know it's it's really easy to answer that is statistics can show us where the bell curve's at. You can keep statistics and come up with the answer. B-E-L-L-E? Is there a male versus female advantage or not? Real easy. The B-E-L-L-E curve, the bell curve? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, standard I just, deviation curve. Okay, I, I would have... I, I'm surprised at that. I really am. But, but then again, I agree with you in principle. This is a women's event, and you're not a woman. Move. Get out of the way, you know, and some so, big, some big man needs to move the little man out the way. I guess I guess it's been so long since uh, when we remember in the Olympics where the Russians kept sending men that were cross dressing and we had genetic testing back then. 
to find out if they were really women before they would allow them to compete in women's sports. That's out the window now, I guess. Yeah, well, actually, in the Olympics, I think they, they haven't changed that. Uh, even Caitlyn Jenner has said that uh, that's the standard we should be doing. So they've done it in the Olympics for years. Why are we trying to rewrite this now? What's the standard, Ben? They have a certain level of estrogen. Oh, they have to have, and they have to have a uterus. I got you. Be one. I got you. We know. Right, so, okay. so, so now that my surprise is out of the way, let, let me go back to Dwayne uh, because I would have thought Poole would be one. I go, I could whoop this man, but she forfeited, and everybody was proud of her. Yep, there was a big applause. Boom. Glad to hear it. I think every swimmer should do that. Every bowling contestant, because see, bowling, I could. You know, you, is, is there some, some stretching balls in there? Strength and endurance. Yeah. And so I see it's kind of like It's kind of like women taking back the power. If they refuse yeah. to allow these cross-dressing men to compete in women's sport, even by forfeit, if they get a title, they, they've totally taken their power and the the um, any thrill of getting the trophy away. Yeah. Yeah. I um I, I agree. Uh, that's that's awesome. That's a good. So so, what was the British? Was who? Where was this? It was in Wales. Okay. I think it was Devonshire, Wales. How many countries do they have in that country? Mm-hmm. Huh? Well, well, it is called the United Kingdom. I know. So that 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 country, the United Kingdom, has like five countries. They have they have Britain, they have Wales, Ireland, Scotland. Do they have any more? Is that it? Well, if if you're talking about dialects, they have a lot more than that. No, no, those were kind of, those were like countries inside countries. It's really kind yeah. of kind of. Of course, you know, up until recently, I I I I considered myself, you know, descendant of Britain, but I don't like to claim them anymore. They've gotten really crazy over there. But anyway, very proud of that lady for doing that. I really am. It, it's he's taken the fun out of it, and and okay, here you go. You got your trophy. Bye. You know, and now you leave, and we're going to play for second place. We're going to find out who the real champion is. Yep. I, 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 that, it, it, that, that's a good one. I, you know, I, you, 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 for being in, on the road like you've been, you've done pretty well. Now, I want, to take, I want to take the next one, and I can finally do this one. A really good friend of mine, um, he was one of the higher-ups in this local business. Well, it's not local business. It's a nationwide business, but they had an office here in, in Ruston. Uh, MCS. And um, one day I called him to go to lunch or something and he said he could go. He was cleaning up and getting the hedges and everything swept up and clean. And I said, what's going on? He said, well, the CEO is coming in. And even though it's acceptable for day to day, we like to have it perfect condition for when the CEO comes. And I said, I, I, I was there three or four days ago. It looked fine. He goes, I know, I know, I know. But we cleaned it up. We really, 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 really cleaned it up. We you know, when when she's coming in. Well, so San Francisco boss is coming in, you know, the CEO for me. <laughs> <laughs> Z, hey, that's that, what Newsom said, by the way. Z, yeah. he, he's going in to, to visit China, San Francisco, and they cleaned it up like that guy, my friend did for the CEO of MCS. They cleaned up. The they got them They're all gone. cleaned up and gone. That looks good, man. <laughs> People might want to see. I want to visit. Yeah. <laughs> so it, we, you know, he's got to. He cleaned it up. He and admitted that he cleaned it up. 
to the visit of this guy. I was going, let bosses in town. <laughs> Am I the only one else sees that funny? Oh, I laughed. Newsom yep. is predictable. I think all of them are, aren't they? Yeah, well, he's uh, so transparent. Kenny uh, just makes me sick. I grew up as a, you know, my first half of my childhood in California and also some, some in Arizona. So I, I saw the regular over the air television and it, and at uh, odd times it was always filled with televangelists, you know, send me all your money so I can send you some blessed water or whatever. And this blessed water will make you rich type garbage. And uh, I'm telling you, Newsom looks just like a 1970s televangelist. <laughs> you remember the the, the, the um, Rolling Stones wrote a, wrote a song about that. You send your money to a post office box in so-and-so California, all your dreams will come true. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, wow. Wow. That is that, that. Yes, he does. He does. He does look like a snake oil salesman or, or, or a televangelist. And not just look. He even the mannerisms, the way he speaks, the way he combs his hair, everything about him is a televangelist. I, I do believe that Glenn called this way back. I think he will be the Democrat nominee. I do. That. Yeah. Know. I mean, Biden will slip in your shower and uh, yeah. won't be able to continue, and it'll be like like a month before the election. Right. So, That's my prediction. So, so what I want to know is, do you really think it's possible that that Tucker is going to be vice president? They're sure acting like it. I don't think Tucker would take the job. You know what? I've never seen this show, but I want to say it involves something called a Hobbit. These um, short people. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Hobbits. They're a <laughs> Hobbit or something. They're they're like these people who chase a ring. <laughs> yes. All right, I saw. I'm serious about this. I saw a piece of that movie. I mean, just I, I don't get into those kind of movies, right? But there's Rudy, the guy that plays Rudy. He was yeah. he was was he a Hobbit? Yes. Okay. So so there was a ring, and apparently it gave you all kind of power if you had that ring. And he looked at that ring. It was one of the most wonderful depictions of what it's like. Someone who has that who is a good person, but sees that power that you could possibly have. And he turned really ugly for just a split second. I saw that. Scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, almost, yeah. I know what scene you're talking about. Almost made me want to watch the movie because that was the best depiction I've ever seen of the temptation of having power. And I'm telling you that if, if Tucker Carlson thought he could become president, he would take the vice president spot because that ring is so hard, so hard to turn down. Well, here's what's going to be interesting. So do you know and have you watched any of Donald Trump's apprentice shows or celebrity apprentice shows? I, I have only seen him say you're fired. OK, so th what was fascinating, I, I liked the celebrity apprentice because you could see your favorite celebrities and you got to know their real personalities more because it was such a long period of time. You know, it's, it's hard to play a persona in these ad hoc situations over say a week or so. So you would, you would get more of a sense of what a person's really like. 
I realize some of them can fool you, but you, you still, it was still fun to try to see if you could find their real personalities who's out in those situations. But then the regular apprentice that was just regular people like you and me that would make it up there and do the apprentice show. That was kind of fun too. And what you saw was Donald Trump and his style and what he's taught his adult kids would come out and they were literally training these people by virtue of the challenges that and uh, contests that these folks were having to endure. And in the end, on The Apprentice, those people were allowed to come work for the Trump Organization. So it's kind of like, you know, the, these chef cook-off shows where in the end you're hoping to get your own chef uh, show on one of the Food Network channels or something like that. So here's the question. Is the vice president going to have a, a new role like uh, like Apprentice and be an actual apprentice? Because if Donald Trump makes it, this will be his second final term. And he's going to have to groom somebody to take his position. So this is like the ultimate apprentice show going on. So he's going to pick somebody, not that they're benign, like a Kamala Harris or, you know, any of the past vice presidents, you know, that's just distasteful. So don't remove me and, and kick me out as president, impeach me, um, because you will hate your second choice. Instead of that, this will be a completely different choice. That's and so good, this has to be somebody that President, uh, President Trump believes would be good for the country and that will rule like him. Okay. I would, I do want to say this, uh, and, and this has been going on long before you even started being a regular. Um, I don't believe elections are, are real. They're not. It's rigged. He's not going to be president. But I am going to go ahead and say let's have fun and assume that he somehow another wins it. Okay, that is very wise what you're saying. It is extremely right because I look at the Republican Party and see no one that can step up. Nobody that can step up and face these this communist threat, face this deep state that is just after them like crazy. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I know that it's going to take a big brass set of balls to be able to do this. and. Mike is in the wrong party. Um, we we just um, we we need somebody, and 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 I and I don't know if Tucker is the right one or not. But I will say this: he sure seems to be auditioning for it. I'm just saying. He seems well, yeah, the UFC walk on uh, that Trump and his entourage. Tucker was there. Yeah, yeah. When he went into that, um, into that. Cage fighting thing. Uh, boy, was that funny. That place went nuts. Have you seen the video of that? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. UFC. That's yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what you're talking about. All right. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine him as the head press secretary? <clears throat> Who? Okay. I, I, I'd have a hard time seeing him do any better than Malkovani or whatever her name was. She did a great job. You know what I'm saying? I think she was. Fine. You can find she was Trump's spirit animal, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. find people to do that, uh, um, Dwayne. I, finding somebody to replace the president. Um, that's the thing. You know, I, I will say this, that, that I was totally uh, against Trump the first time because I'm, I was a little leery of him understanding. And I can end up being right in this regard. 
the what he was up against with the deep state that you've never been a governor, you've never done something like run a big state or something like that, and seen the evilness and the the power struggle, that ring grabbing that's going on behind the scenes and really in front of them and in the scenes. Um, I didn't think he was ready for that. And I turns out in some ways I was right. He wasn't ready. He did not. No, you, you're, you were completely right. You know, as I've grown up and looked at politics from a local level, I always saw that when you elect a sheriff, it's like, one of the most fundamentally important things you can do as a citizen because the sheriff is your first and last stand for your constitutional right protection. When everybody else comes after you at the federal and state level, your local sheriff is your ultimate defender of your rights. They can stand between you and those bullies and try to protect you. So it's super important that you elect the best sheriff you could possibly elect thinking about that one litmus test question. Will they protect your individual rights, constitutional rights? And in thinking that way, it's a little different when you see a new sheriff get elected and a whole bunch of deputies get fired, let go, resign, and a whole bunch of new ones come in because a sheriff deserves their posse. They deserve their own group of loyalists that will help them accomplish that job. And a president deserves his posse or her posse. And Donald Trump did not have a big enough, strong enough posse. And that was his downfall his first term. That's a good point. That's a good way to put it. I think he will. I don't think he'll make that mistake this time um, if he were to get it. Well, I also think the media made it so it was almost impossible and lawfare made it so it's almost impossible to be in his posse. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you know, I don't think he, I don't think any of us were prepared for that. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, um, um, when, when, when I was in college, um, you, you know, you could, you, you guys can remember this. We had ABC, NBC and CBS and PBS. And PBS was a minor player on radio, really. Um, you, you know, that Jim Lauer report was nothing. All right. But you had those three. You didn't even have CNN. And you, your news came from Walter, the communist Cronkite, and from um, Roger, the communist Mud, or what was the one from NBC? Um, oh, I forget his name now. It's amazing. I, yeah, I could picture him. Anyway. They were all communists. They were all liberal. They were all anti-free um, enterprise, period. You, if you're anti-free enterprise, to me, that's why you can get away with calling communists because that's what they were. And, um, you know, Tom Brokaw took it over and he was a communist. Um, they, they, they were all liberal. So they had this um, guy that tried to, this is for the Internet, to have a mail out where it was, he was um, pointing out how liberal the press was and trying to set the record straight, sort of fact checking the other, you know, what they were saying and doing. And so, so we know Glenn, that it's been going on since the seventies, at least that we've been aware that there was no conservative news outlet. You really, you think about it. Where did you have to go? National review. What was national review? They were East coast Republicans, not really totally conservative, not totally free enterprise. You didn't have any, you didn't have anything. You had nothing back then. 
And so I look at that as I felt as helpless as I ever could be on trying to get the word out uh, for the conservatives because it just wasn't there. Well, now you can go to X Twitter. You can go to the James Perspective Comrades. You can go here to our podcast, but you got all kinds of places that you can go now and get you know, Gateway Pundit, uh, Insta Pundit. You can go to these places and get to do so. Even back when when they were going after Trump, I felt like you, if you wanted to know, you could. What you, what Glenn's argument has always been: it's those people who don't really think for themselves. They're just going to go to Twitter and see what it says. And they're not going to Twitter, James. Where are they going? They're going to ABC, NBC, CNN. That's where they get all their news. Think about it. If you watch CNN, ABC, NBC, and CBS, what would you know? Nobody's watching it. You're wrong. Their attendance numbers are low. They're They're low, but they're still there. The numbers are still large. Now, that's what I mean. You have a large portion of our population, at least 50%, maybe a little more, that that's their news. That's their bubble. Okay, well, so so going back to the important part of this thing, what, what Dwayne was saying was that that um, we, we we were the discussion was that Trump did not have his his posse, his 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 backers. He didn't he didn't right. have he didn't have enough people in all of the deep state organizations, and there's just so many of them you can't even count them. These all of these uh, different offices that are there. He didn't have his people in there, and they went after him. The FBI went after him. The CIA went after him. They all went after him. I'm not sure how that got off on the news, but but that's where the topic was. And the question is, if he gets in, will he be able to fix it this time? And the second question is, is four years will happen fast. Is there somebody who can fill that position and keep that same posse on his side, like a new sheriff coming in? That you, if he's a deputy, he's going to keep everybody that's there. But if you get somebody from the outside, it's going to start all over again. What I'm, what I, what I'm gathering from from Dwayne. So you know who could, you know who could be the ultimate apprentice, hit the ground running with the ultimate loyalty. Their last names are also Trump. <laughs> so Glenn kind of said that one time. He's he's posed, he's positioned himself. Don right. Jr. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean. It'd be the funniest presidency we've ever had. Come on. I mean, I don't know. The most entertaining. Yeah, we'd have the, we'd have the most fun ever. Yeah, I will. Was, yeah, I will say this. You know, you one time you said it would be interesting to see him, you know, debating whatnot. I don't know that he's all that good a debater. I think that um, I, I, I'm no, I, I mean that I think he's better in an interviewer than he is a debater. Um, I do think that Don Jr. is a master debater. Uh, or sorority, now that. <laughs> I didn't say anything wrong that time. He is. He's a good debater. Um, I, I, I will see. I, um, I say he is. I don't know that. I've never seen him debate. I've seen him. I've seen him stump. I just think that I, I, I would worry that, that. I've seen him on the view. <laughs> how does he I, hold up? How does he hold up? I thought he held up very well. Didn't get upset. They were going berserk. And he was like, no, this is, and he was talking about his book. His book was called Triggered. So, so it was, to me, 
and no one will ever admit this, but it was a Norm McDonald moment when Norm was sitting there saying, why, you know, he's a murderer. Why do you like Bill Clinton? <laughs> <laughs> he just put it out there. Uh, you know, I would, I would suggest everybody go watch Don Jr. on The View. Uh, there's got to be a, you know, unless it's been suppressed. He's got a very good recipe for his public debate speech where he injects emotion, but not too much. His logic never never falters. He's consistent as hell. Yes. Well, that's interesting. That would be fun to see. I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would find it interesting if you saw nobody in between Trump and Trump. That's the thing. I, 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 you know, you saw John Adams' son became president, but there was a skip between several. Yeah, I agree. And so you see that, and and so in George Bush, there was Clinton's in between them. Um, but I don't know. You know, uh, it, I, I I think that people would start looking at that as sort of a royalty type thing. You know, I, you know, you probably have to, you probably have to find somebody else for one at least one term. Um, I, I I don't know if it's if it's uh, Tucker. I, I think Tucker is serving as a very good purpose for us right now in that even I go, I like what he's saying. And and I said before, if he left Fox and he stood by us in the next pinch, then I would I would believe he's there. And when this house thing happened with McCarthy, he stuck with Gates and, and he stuck with saying we need to replace McCarthy. He's he's no better than the other side. And so. I'm now fully, you know, I can't say I trust any politician completely. That would be like thinking a whore loves me. But um, I, I, I do think that, that, that right now he's saying and doing things that are very good for our, for our, our cause. I do. So, and I think that Trump has taken a liking to him. <laughs> you know, that's a big deal. Anyway, the next thing that I wanted to real quick say, since we're on Trump, I don't want to get off of it yet. Uh, Trump said something that I saw a headline on. Hopefully one of you read the, the, the article, but it, it, the headline spoke for itself. He said, you know, first of all, we, there's going to be a motion to, dis, to dismiss that, uh, those charges, mistrial. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, obviously, that judge is not going to grant it, but it's there. Um, the, I don't know, though. I really do think she has something on that judge. Um, Haba, is that her name? Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, Trump said, if this case is allowed to stand, I don't think any major businesses will come to New York anytime soon. That that would be considered hostile to, to business. I don't know. Everybody is, you know, everybody thinks they're invincible. And so they're going to say Trump is a special, um, a special beast that he's political and this is political and I'm not political. I'm just coming here to make money. But, you know, the taxes are high and that kind of litigation right there can. I think he's got point would definitely hurt New York's reputation as a place to do business. Um, yeah, you know, um, absolutely. Unless. You know, there's something we don't know about New York that makes it special. Now, I think for real estate in New York, you'd have to be there. But uh, if you're if you had any other kind of business, yeah, this is they're prosecuting for what you know is generally done all the time. Right, right. 
How you not illegal? They're making something illegal that's not illegal. Right, right. And, and and there's evidence that he undervalued it even on these disclaimer claims. I I I it, it's one of those things where I know that it's got to get overturned at some point. But if if I'm sitting here thinking about where am I going to open my business, where am I going to buy office space, where am I going to do whatever, I'm going to say New York's not the place, and I would say San Francisco's not the place unless these coming to visit. And I I um so I think that Trump that was typical. Trump nails things and, and can say them in a way that you go, that's true. This isn't just about Trump. This is about being business friendly. Do you really want to go do business where you, you where you may be, even though you say that these that we've disclosed that these estimates cannot be used to, to make the loan, you still can be held liable for that? And the bank's okay with it and the bank checks it out and I mean, you know, that's what's being missed in this whole stupid thing, in my opinion, is that the the bank, they okayed it. It's not like they didn't, you know, a bank doesn't not send someone to do their own evaluation. It just doesn't happen. Well, nobody in the history of New York has ever been prosecuted in this way under the civil law. Right. And the civil law was designed for consumer protection. Right. But yet there's no consumers involved in the private transaction between the Trump organization and banks. Yeah, their argument so, is, is that he prevented other qualified borrowers from being able to get loans because they lent it to Trump instead of them. And he would they wouldn't have got him if he wouldn't have lied. That's their argument. It's ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating. I'm not advocating. Yeah, that is a ridiculous argument because those banks didn't lend their own money. They re-lend money from the Fed. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> they borrow at a, at a gap percentage. They get it cheaper wholesale from the Fed than they loan it out to him and they make money off the difference of interest and the fees. Yeah. So I mean, that's, a, time, that's a bogus that's argument. That's called libel, libel, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we were able to borrow at one point at LIBOR rates, which is like, you know, the going rate was three, four percent higher than what wow. we could borrow at just because we were big enough to do it. Wow. So. Wow. All right. Well, there's one last political thing I've got to bring this. Up. This is going to take 30 or 40 seconds, I think. Tim Scott dropped out of the uh, presidential race. Uh, I'll let you guys talk. About Tom real- Scott. Huh? Tom, <laughs> Tom, is that his name? Yeah. Tom? So. Tom I Scott? It was Tim. Tom? Uh, ben. I know it's not Ben. It's Tom I said Scott. Tim. Sure. Tim. T I M is what I said. If it's Tom, I'm Oh, sure. I thought you said Tom. Okay. Yeah, I, I stand corrected. You're probably correct. All right. Anyway, he dropped out. I'll let you guys comment on what the effect of that'll be. But I have got to say that I came across Saturday Night Live's um, making fun of the last presidential debate. And it was really only one one truly funny line in it. But they went to Tim Scott, and he goes, "I got a girlfriend." <laughs> Do you hear what I said? Uh, I got a girlfriend. Yeah, I got a girlfriend. I told you before, man. That guy's lighting the loafers. <laughs> they all looked at him like, "No, well, no, you don't." <laughs> so, what do you think that? What is, I mean, I don't think it affects anything. None of those guys that were real on that. I think it signals that now they're going to go, you're going to see the, the machine back Nikki Haley. Are we ready for a president named Nikki? 
I hope not. <laughs> well, we <laughs> Just because I don't like Nikki Haley. She's part of the uh, uniparty. Yeah. So. I, I always thought that we never would have one named Barack either right after 9-11. There's no way you'd have someone named Barack Hussein. And we got one. So people apparently don't care about names much. So anyway, he's out. It's down. I guess the, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man's still in, right? He hasn't dropped out. And the rotund one? Yes. His immensity. Oh, you mean uh you mean uh guys Mr. in New Jersey. Mr. Piehole. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's in it still and, and he's gonna be in it to be the to just say things about bad about Trump. That's all he's in it for. Ramadama Vanderlick's still in it. Yeah. And so Vivek Ramaswamy. Yes. Vivek <laughs> Ramaswamy, sorry. So that's all that's left. All right, so you wanted to talk about, I asked you to talk about, Glenn, you said you read it, the Revolver News had a, a headline that said Republicans launched attack on First Man. What are they talking about? The Republicans, there's a group of Republicans who want to say on campuses that you can't talk anti-Israel. What? Because it's anti-Semitic, which is, in my opinion, total bullcrap. They, the same Republicans, you know, sit there and talk about Oh, they're suppressing things on campuses. Then they go, they're trying to make a law to suppress things on campuses. I think it's the biggest load of, you know what, I've ever heard. Which and Republicans want to do that? I didn't say. Um, yeah. I mean, that is totally, that's crazy. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. It tells me that you can't trust him. Mike Lawyer, he's a Republican from New York. Um, Josh Gottemar, a Democrat from New Jersey. Um, Max Miller, a Republican from Ohio, and Jared Makowitz, a Democrat from Florida. Well, that's nuts. I mean, that's just nuts. That's just that's just that just that's that's they're no better. I think they should. I think they should be drummed out of the damn. Sorry, I just sorry. All right, this is what I would say to the Republicans that say that. How are you going to know who to throw out of helicopters if you don't let them speak? That's right. Uh, well, yeah, and let's think about this whole Hamas, or not Hamas, but Palestinian groundswell among these people. It seems like it's like BLM. Someone's funding it and making it happen. That's a good point. It's, and it'll go away as soon as the heat's off, just like BLM did. And we'll find out all these groups were just, you know, scams. And mercenaries, think, yeah, and I even think you know the ki- those kids who pulled down the American flags on somewhere. Um, I think the power of the American flag is you can pull it down that matter. It's an idea. No. It's, still, it's, it's true. It's still there. It's true. So it's true. You you pull down someone's gay flag, and you can't destroy it by pulling down that flag. Right. It just doesn't happen. Right. I agree. That's a good point. You know, go, go, you know, you're talking about this. I didn't know it was about the Palestinians. That's what it's about. It, it makes sense. I, you know, obviously, obviously, I think that you should allow students to make an ass of themselves. And I don't think you throw them out of helicopters. You know that anybody listens to this knows that's just my ongoing thing. Throw communists out of helicopters. Obviously, I don't think you should do that. Uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a long and short of it. You you got it's like my dad one time said. I was I was talking about this guy who who was dressing crazy and 
earrings and nose rings and all that kind of stuff. And I, and my, and I said, I wish you would do that. And he said, no, I like it. He said, now I don't have to guess who's crazy. Um, so I don't have a problem with allowing them to talk. So their employers know what they're getting into. Oh, you were, you were wanting to kill babies and now Hamas to kill babies. I'm not hiring you. You might not say it out loud, but you go, huh, that person's not getting hired. So I'm, I'm all for them getting up there. And I, yeah, I mean, if, if, if I was an employer now and uh, you had my pronouns are on your, uh, yep, your uh, yep. resume, I'd say, okay, bottom of the pot. Yep. Or trash. You're already a problem. I haven't hired you and you're a problem. Yep. Yep. So. That's how I look at it. And it's happening. There's happening. There's and, and they're pulling money from these Ivy League schools, which Glenn Reynolds has been saying for a year, we the United States should not be giving any money to them. Um, and I agree. Um the so so trying to shut people up is the is the worst thing you can do. Again, I, I go all the way back to Spinoza in the sixteen hundreds. Um you 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 can't you can't um the only way you can remain free is to have free speech. And as long if if if, if this if this communist group weren't imprisoning us, trying to put Trump in jail, putting J Sixers in jail, trying to stop the dissent, I probably wouldn't be as worried or concerned. Hate worried's not I, I'm not letting it I'm not letting it get too worried. But it's concerned. I'm concerned that, that they're trying to shut us up by jail and you know whatnot. I, I don't have a I don't have a problem. I have a problem with their communism, but if they would let us talk, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But Stalin killed people, right? They become they become fascist in their communism. And I know that's supposed to be completely irreconcilable, but Stalin really was closer to being Mussolini than he was Lenin or Khrushchev. He was a dictator. He was a he was a he was a fascist, and he killed people. and 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 I I don't know that that's I can't say that they're killing people yet, but they are putting old ladies in jail. That's like killing them, you know. They're just trying to silence us, and so I, so Republicans, please stop. Yeah, they need stop. Don't don't. I think Andrew Wilkow said it succinctly, and I don't know that he originated this, but that's where I heard this from. And he said. You know, free speech creates problems, and there's only one of two solutions, less speech or more. Yep. And I think it's totally true. And we need that's what the whole deal is. We need to be on the side of more speech. And I had an argument this weekend with a really dear good friend of mine that when I said that, we were talking about the COVID-19 and all that free speech that was being shut down and manipulated. And uh, he said, yeah, but except, you know, it's kind of like a bomb in a theater thing. You know, if people are trying to say that these particular drugs uh, would solve the problem, but yet they're dangerous. And I'm like, that's where you have more speech. You just yeah. have more speech to counteract bad speech. Yes, yes. And, and it does create chaos. It does create you have to go out and dig to find out if they're telling the truth. All right. You know, yesterday, the rumors were flying when they had the, shoot, the stabbing attack. Right. But I was happy. with it. And if you noticed, if I sent something out, I put rumor, rumor, rumor. Yeah. Yeah. But you, it helps us put the put the puzzle together, you know, and then you can say, OK, it's been confirmed that that Tammy was not there, you know, because a rumor was that there was a girl named Tammy there uh, and and she was not. 
I went to her preacher and asked, would you find out if she was there? And what happened was somebody saw, I think, Judge Woodard, who kind of would, from a distance, might look like the girl that's, that they were talking about, the lady they were talking about. And so they got confused. I think I saw Tammy was one of them. You see what I'm saying? It was a rumor, but it was free speech. And so we all went out there. We figured it out. It's chaos. And, and that was so well put, Dwayne. So well put. That, that you, you, when you have free speech that you're not happy with, you're not happy with that person's exercise of free speech, you can try to shut them up with a gun or you speech too. Speak some more. You speak against it. Which one's better, the freedom to speak or the freedom or the, or the, or the gun that keeps you from speaking? And that's well put, Dwayne. And I agree with it. I agree with it. And chaos is good. This, this and you will find that most of those who are on the side of less speech is because they already have an idea they will lose the public debate. Right. You're right. So they're just wanting to cheat. Right, right. Well, they, to me, to me, one of that, here's a perfect example. I think that the minimum wage is the stupidest idea economically that you could possibly have because it's cut out teenagers from being able to get entry-level jobs. It doesn't lift all boats. What's that? It does not right, right, lift right. all boats. Right, right. It sinks the lowest boats. Right, right. So I know that, and but the liberals are able to sell it so well. Their their speech drowns out my speech there. But I don't want them. I don't want to take away their freedom to say it. I don't want them to do it. You want to keep keeping. If you want to allow your teenagers to not get experience, I I will figure out a way to get mine experience. You're on your own. And and so, but that's the perfect example of what what with me being out. They they scream me down. They 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 have more people that get listened to that want the want minimum wage that they've outshouted me. They've shouted me down and I can't win it. I can't win the argument. I still want free speech on that issue. You know, now I know who to throw out the helicopter and, and, I, and that's figurative. All right. So, so anyway, good stuff there. That was a good, good point. Now I want real quick, we're running out of time. We've run out of time, but I've got to get Glenn's comment on this. So this guy named Wine girl, woman named Weingarten. She's the head of the, Teachers affect the National Teachers Union. Um, I saw a headline and I sent the article, I think, to you guys. Weingarten wonders why more, why there are more homeschoolers than ever before. Uh, She needs to get out of the Weingarten and she would uh, sober up and know. (laughs) This is for Glenn. He he hates the Teachers Union. He hates, I'm just laughing. I'm no, no, I'm, I'm saying I want to let you know Glenn has been. He cannot stand the Steve Teachers Union, so I'm really kind of throwing this over. This, this the union, not the teachers. I want to make that clear. I like teachers, but their union, by its nature, makes all education horrible. Dumb. Yes. Because they have to, if you're in the union, they have to try to keep your job no matter how, what your skills are. As a teacher. Yeah. Well, I mean, the big thing here is, though, so I get you. All right. So he explained why he doesn't like the union. And I and, and anybody that listens to this podcast frequently enough knows that there are certain teachers that we almost make them deities. We like worship. Them so much. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're so good. You know, they are. And Russ and Tammy are those two we talk about. They're, they're unbelievably good teachers. And and so um, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this union. And this union wanting to put pornography in schools, this union that wants to to keep secret that trans your your child is wanting to transition from the parents or to, to keep it from them. That or union, that they're grooming them to transition. Yes, they're even grooming them. Good point. It goes even beyond that. 
That's what we're talking about. Now, there was a meme that I saw. I haven't seen it. I've been trying to find it. But there was a, a it started off with the homeschoolers have weird children. That makes their children weird. And that homeschooling mom was holding her normal looking son as they were walking down the street and going to home. And then there was another group going towards the public school. And it was a boy dressed as a girl. And you're going to say that the homeschoolers are weird? <laughs> well, it, it, actually, I think there's been a couple of studies lately that say no homeschoolers are much more socialist. Well, I do think it depends on the teacher. <laughs> so I'm sure. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. I mean, but um, you know, they they in, they do. Homeschoolers are not any. They're they're scoring higher, getting more jobs. You know, that's the fact. All right. So, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. So they're weird enough to get jobs, you know, whereas if I, I see you have blue hair and tattoos and all sorts of things right. and you want to serve my guests, I'm going to look at that. I'm not going to say no, but I'd look at that and I'd say, OK, well, tell me some stuff and your stories. And they'd say, well, I'm they. Then I know, OK, I don't need to type this way. But if they said, oh, here's the story. When I helped a guest do this, blah, 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 I might hire a person even with all that weirdness going on but you know i had a couple of homeschoolers work for me and oh my god i didn't want them to leave uh, yeah i don't think i've ever had one because they had more options well you know doc homeschool for one year one one half year and then i had to send him back or he couldn't play baseball which is really the only reason he went to school um my kids are educated i i, I you know just i've always said this. i used schools as a tool if they were good at teaching math, obviously, I would let them teach a math. And if I had um, Tammy here to teach biology, that's who I would have. I would want to make sure she got my kids got in that class um, or whatever it is she teaches. I think it's biology. Isn't it? um, so anyway, um, I get you. I get you. You know, but I will tell you this. Have you ever seen the movie Mean Girls? Yeah, it, it's actually a very good movie. Um, and at the, at the beginning of the movie, they kind of take up a little bit of a, a uh, shot at homeschoolers. You know, they had the little girl who could spell the unspellable word. And then they had the, then, then they showed that hillbilly group. And on the third day, God invented the Remington rifle so he could kill the dinosaurs and the homosexuals. That's how they portrayed homeschoolers. Except Katie herself had a very good homeschooling experience. Far, far ahead. Mathematically, mathematically, courteously she she was not corrupted by um public schools all the way up into her junior year in high school and so she goes to her junior year in high school and finds out what public schools are like and they kept showing it sort of as an animal kingdom you know that it was a practically a zoo remember that yeah and and um i thought i thought it was a good depiction of of that now again i know that that russ and tammy will say their schools aren't like that. And I agree. You know, Ruston High is not like that. And neither is right. the schools they go to. They, they, they're not all up all. What they're really talking about is, I think, inner city schools that, that don't have the Tammies and the, and the uh, Russ Holcombs. But anyway, um, where was I going at? The, the, uh, she, she wondered why people are going into homeschooling. I know that if Louisiana allowed teachers to tell my kids, you don't have to um, 
tell your parents that you're transitioning. We will take care of getting you the drugs and the treatments you get. They don't have the right to stop you. You're in a, you get to choose. I know they would not go to that school. There's no way my kids would go to that school. That, that I would take them home. I would either that or put them into a private school. But no way would I allow them to go to a school that did that. That's why they're homeschooling. Homeschooling is happening because of what's being taught to them. Yeah, it's the it's the brainwashing of America that America's horrible and that you need to destroy it. And they're also, in my opinion, uh, perpetuating systemic racism. The union, union leadership, not teachers. I got you. Now, Dwayne, um, I know Glenn. I've been we our kids have been knowing each other since they. You know, when when they had pitching machine softball, so it's been that long. It's been maybe T-ball, but it's been a long, long time. We've been knowing each other. About, I haven't known you long enough to know. How did you How did you interact with your children? How did you make sure that you knew what was going on in the school? Um, parent over shoulder. I, I just stayed super active in what was going on in the classroom to the point to where I have moved twice because of the school system, stuff going on at school. Um, I have uh, went up to the school board and and talked to the school board's attorney that was volunteering his time because of the stupid stuff that was going on with the school. And uh, it, even to the point to where I had one of the triplets was having an issue with his math and English, and it, he was just not learning the way he needed to be. And they decided not to promote him from seventh to eighth grade. Whoa. So I went up to talk to the school about what we can do. And they basically threw their hands up. And then one of them said, well, there is this private company on the other side of town that can remediate. So we went over and we worked out a deal and we remediated this math during the summer, retested, and they decided to promote him. And it's like my wife was like, hooray, we're going to get him back into uh, the same grade as his other identical Gotcha. brothers and i said you know what the definition of insanity is put him in the same environment and <laughs> expect a different result you know there's no way that's going to happen so we sought out an, an alternative and i looked at homeschooling but i also found an online virtual charter that's public had louisiana teachers hired and it was free and we did it and it was tough we we suffered through the first half of the year and he was struggling to make decent grades. But by the time Christmas break was over and we started back in January, he had this figured out. And not only had he figured it out and started producing A's and B's, something sparked in his brain. And he learned how to take a larger view of education, of his learning, to sit in the driver's seat, to be the master of how to learn, to organize his day, week, and month. And this kid is graduating ULM as a senior this next spring with A's and B's. Yeah, he's smart. He's done it all on his own. And it was that one time we vote. You know, you can vote with your pocketbook. And when it comes to public schools, you can vote with your feet. You can move to a different school district. But you can also vote by changing the seat. And that means you can vote by doing homeschooling or find charter charter uh, schools or, or virtual public charter schools. So you, you can make changes by monitoring what's going on. And matter of fact, it, it was so radical 
in how that schooling worked with the virtual charter academy that my younger ones was jealous. And I said, you know what? I'll let you do one year that way too. And he did. And he did the one year. That was my most favorite year of raising that younger child because we were together every day. We went to lunch together. We went on field trips together. And that totally changed the nature of our relationship and his learning. He loves learning and he's now pumping out straight A's. Yeah. And, and, so, I, and I asked that question not as blind as it sounds. I remember when you were going through that issue with the math and you were trying everything you could. You'd ask me, can you give me a, a one? You'd ask me, can you give me a one line definition or something? How would you do this? Or, And I knew you were pushing it and I wondered how you ultimately solved it because you didn't call me back again. <laughs> oh, that one that was having calculus issues. He just raised the white flag 50 percent of the way. He got his first two years of tech done. He waved the white white flag and said, Dad, I'm burned out. I'm tired. I'm putting college on hold. And I'm jealous. I've been watching my other triplet brother in the Air Force for two years. And I want to go in the Air Force. So he did. And he's enjoying it. And he's down in Biloxi right now wrapping up his tech school. (laughs) That works. You know, and I remember telling you that, that that the problem I have with the way they teach uh, it's a lot of people teach. Now, I had an extremely E.P. Burton. I'm sure he's deceased by now. Taught me first calculus, and he did do a really good job teaching us what calculus did. We spent at first just showing why do we have it because he said, you know, people, people hear calculus, they get scared of it. And it's really just finding what the, what the slope is at any point on a curve or what's the area under a curve. That's really all it is. And then you apply it. And I, I, I told you that, but I said, you know, I don't know how much that's going to help him, but except maybe why am I doing this? Right. You know, why, what trying is, to add value to the reason for figuring this out. Right. It, and, and to me, calculus came like breathing. It wasn't hard at all, but I had it. I had an excellent, excellent, excellent professor. Uh, and so, so again, I, 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 we all agree that, you're not going to hit a good professor or a good teacher every single time. Um, I think that, that that when you get them, you get them. But I, I did know that we – I just know this. There are three people on this podcast today. All of us approached it a little different than the others. But what is going to be the common denominator is we were there for our kids. That's it. That's it. And you got It's all about parental culture as to how – well, your kids do in school, because if you're troubleshooting and monitoring what's going on with your kids and the teachers and the way the school's managed and you find a problem, you troubleshoot the problem. Right. If ultimately the problem is the school itself, then you find a different school. If it's the teaching methods, you find a different method environment for your child. You know, you've got to figure out what is the problem and you've got to change the, the um, equation. In your child's favor. Yeah, and, I, and I'll finish it with this last this thought. Very good. That, by the way, thank you for sharing what that. I know that's all got pretty deep into your family there, but we didn't get into Glenn's. Glenn, Glenn had a different. His his wife was probably more into it than Glenn was, but I know that Glenn was aware of very aware of what his daughter was and was not capable of doing, and he guided her through it. And 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 I know he was there for it because we we talked about it. I'm not going to get into what they were. But just to say that his two kids both graduated and they'll get well. Um, but this is the funny thing to me. 
I say a lot about um, the school systems. And the really interesting thing is I haven't bumped into a bad one. I went to College Oaks in, in elementary school, and I did fine. I, I was falling behind in fifth grade. I was very, very young. Back, you know, somebody's got to be exactly, almost exactly a year younger than the oldest guy. The youngest is, you know what I'm saying, because there's a break. So it doesn't matter where you break it. You're going to be younger. Well, back then, they broke it between September and October, which made me almost a year younger than the oldest people. And I was falling behind when we moved to Cameron and they were a little bit behind us. So it was a review and I caught back up and never fell behind again. But my, my experience in Cameron was excellent. And I think that, that, that Mr. Rena was a good principal and I learned a lot. Then I went to Tech, learned a lot, went to LSU, learned a lot. My kids went to Cedar Creek and to Ruston High and the experience was exceptional. Um, so I'm beginning to wonder if it's just the press picking up those crappy places like Portland and like that and trying to project it onto these other schools or inner city schools. That that must be where the problem is because I have not had a bad experience at all with schools ever. Not in my life and not in my kids' life. So just wanted to pass that on. So well, I may have a slightly different view, but why do we have to move to an area to get good schools? That's that's where I see the whole issue. You know, you have, for instance, a neighborhood near me right now is highly sought after because you're in this school district that does very well with teaching. I'm not saying there's not good public schools. There are. But it's not because the government ran. It's because some, somebody got in there and usually it's a principal who says, no, we're going to this is our standard. This is where we're going. And we're going to win these awards, you know, yeah. So people know that we're certified just good and that their kids are going to be safe here and learn. So why do I have to move to an area to get that to happen instead of just send my kids to that? I got school? you. You should be able to use a voucher to go let the money, would you say, follow the student? I'm, I'm going to agree yeah, with that. If the money follow the students, we fix all of this, including the unions. You know, you know when I was um, – if it's Farmville High School is gone, that's Union Parish, and it's a whole different thing. They've combined it together. But I took the valedictorian. I let her intern for me when I was at uh, practicing in Farmville. And I will not say her name, but she was not qualified. I, I don't know what, how you become valedictorian and know no more than, than this young lady knew. Um, and I had several of them. So you, all those interns are going to have to guess who I'm talking about. But um, I, I knew right there I would not ever send my kid to Farmville High School. In other words, I would move to Ruston, which I did. I didn't want to go to Cedar Creek because uh, they only played 1A baseball. <laughs> my kids played. We're very high-level baseball. They wanted to play 5A. Yes, I did it for that. You know, But I, all I'm going to say is that I wonder if I'd have gone to Farmville and said, okay, the good you know, the, the, the biology teacher probably was good. I don't know. You know. All I know is that wherever they went, Glenn – it worked, and I agree with you that if I happened to live in, in uh, Downsville, I wouldn't want to go to school there, not because of anything other than I would want the bigger school for athletics. Why would I have to send them to the little school? You know, I don't know. Anyway, look, we're running way over time, and, and, and again, I want to thank you, uh, 
uh, for both of you for sharing on that. And I agree with you. Absolutely. You know that. But I really believe that if everybody would drink some PJ's coffee, don't you think before they went to school that they all the schools would oh, be good? Man. It would be uh, you, you'd have people levitating with all they've learned. Uh, you know, they go in there, they have a drink before they go to school or wherever you want to do or whatever you when you have to think. You get some PJ's coffee. I'm drinking delicious uh, salted caramel this morning. Uh, and there's others. They have all their new uh, holiday blends. Uh, there's a Santa Claus one. It's very good. I tried it the other day. Uh, and you would sit down. You would study before you went to school. And then you would just blow the teachers away with everything you knew. And the teachers would be on PJ Coffee in a perfect world, too. Yeah, they would. And, you know, they just have to go by and get it in the morning. And, you know, they'd have a nice big cup. It'd be delicious. And they would just be happy and be able to handle any problems they had all day and just each till to their best ability. Something tells me that the secret of Tamara and Russ is that they drink PJ's coffee every morning before school. That, that they, you know, if they don't, if you put game PJ's coffee, oh my goodness, what would happen? I don't know. We might solve every problem. Come on. I'm just surprised that Tamara doesn't make Steve drink it every morning. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve is Steve. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, tomorrow we have. We're going to be talking about Ephesians on the uh, on the podcast. Um, I think you'll find an interesting debate between um, uh, the, how how Jim and Pastor Chris r- see those verses um, regarding the power that, that we're supposed to have or we, we can't we have access to. Anyway, I recommend you listen to it tomorrow. I think you'll enjoy it. And um We'll be back tomorrow with more podcast excellence. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.